All right, what's going on, everybody? It's been a while. This is Roderick Z at the far side of midnight, aka Full Metal Magus, back here with a new episode today. And I have a really good friend of mine, and we're going to talk about ceremonial magic. And this is Theo Solitan, or you may know me as Seas Thunder. Yes, and he has a YouTube channel. And what's your YouTube channel? Deal Soul Ten. Deal Soul. Okay, yeah, Deal Soul enough. Ten. Nice and easy. All right, so we're gonna we're just gonna not waste any time and just dive right into it. We're gonna talk about magic. Uh, we we're actually sitting around for about thirty minutes or so before discussing some of our favorite rituals and uh, you know theories of magic. And I'm gonna go ahead and let you have the lead here, man. So, all right, just describe what you do a little little bit about yourself, like how you came into this kind of work. Yeah, okay, how I came into it all, well, I, I grew up in a very kind of, ah, oh, man, I would say religiously oppressive Christian family, right? And I never really knew if creator and, and God and, and the angels and all those things were true. You know, I just was told, okay, this is true because it's in the Bible and you need to believe it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I went through my little phase, right? And I was like, okay, well, how do I know it's true? And I wanted evidence. I wanted proof. I was a hardcore skeptic. And so I just dove really deep into some Renaissance magic. And I had some very powerful, real physical experiences. One of my, yeah, I'm getting chills right now. One of my first experiences, I was sitting on my bed doing some, some chanting and visualizations and raising energy over and over again. I was wearing a, a sigil around my neck. And as I'm doing that, I feel this, this presence in my room um, and my pendant. I'm not moving, right? I'm still. I'm awake. I'm not sleeping. And my pendant just starts going, bam, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, like moving, shaking back and forth in my body, like swinging as if I was moving back and forth. But I'm completely still. And at that point, I knew. I'm like, holy moly, this is real. This is magic, the occult, angels, elementals, all of it is real. And that's what really solidified my interest in the occult and magic. Okay. And I kind of twiddled around on some online forums, um, experimented with chaos magic and some other kind of goetic stuff, and and then branched off more into the light side of things after that. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And and what you're doing now is pretty much like her, we say hermetic or hermetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hermetic, yeah. and then um, and then I blended, you know, some more kind of low magic witchcraft things right so i'm i've been apprenticing under um a native american shaman for about mm -hmm. three or four years now mm -hmm. and a uh, wiccan high priestess so i've i've picked up a lot of really cool tools from the both of them together Very um cool. so i incorporate kind of that, that that low kind of raw you know intuitive magic that 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 comes with those traditions and then i also do incorporate the hermetic order of the golden dawn and a lot of my stuff that's like my main interest right now okay is i'm just trying to just trying to transform on all levels, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, yeah, soulful. Transformation. Since since magic itself is basically a tool for transformation. And I know um, just in case any, any of the uh, listeners out there aren't isn't familiar with magic, a lot of people hear the word magic and they think of Harry Potter. <laughs> they think of something, something from the fantasy right, right, genre right. and or like stage magic. But we're talking about magic with a K as a. Uh, Alistair Crowley himself kind of tweaked the spelling of the word magic um, and defined it as the art and science of causing change in accordance of will. So um, I like to just simply say it's, it's just using your will 
you know, because there is something invisible. There is something mysterious about um, being a human being in this world and using your will, your free will. Even in Christianity, there's this teaching that we all have free will, you know, and then I guess from there, there's lots of different philosophies of magic. Some people don't really believe in it um, that are into the occult. I think most people would believe in it in some way. And others is just a tool, you know, like in chaos magic, you know, chaos magic mm-hmm. says that um, belief is a tool and using your will is all you have because that's all you are. Mm-hmm. Even though that's not, that's not a direct quote from um, Peter Carroll or anything, anybody like that, or Phil Hine, but they, I would think that they would agree with that. You know, like you are will, you know, you are the mm-hmm. one causing change anyway. Right. Anyway. So uh, where should we start? talking about this first so let's uh so what is how would you define ceremonial magic your what is your i have my own personal definition but i want to know yours Uh, you're the guest so yeah yeah ceremonial magic you know well a lot of it stems all the way back from solomon king solomon Mm -hmm. what he was working on uh the masons way back when when they're in their heyday and then the rosicrucians and uh, medieval alchemy with with kind of like that uh uh, Kabbalistic twist to it, right? So, so what is ceremonial magic? Ceremonial magic is a bunch of different formulas in the form of rituals that assist you in the dissipation of the single-pointed ego into the mass of unity consciousness, which is is the goal, in my opinion. Um, and so, you go through these various rituals that are balancing, centering, grounding you removing blockages removing confusion mm-hmm. and you're getting chills again and you're you're gradually becoming more lighter and brighter and you're awakening and stirring things up that are buried deep within the psyche right mm-hmm. and the first step in that ceremonial magic process typically speaking is some kind of healing of the shadow or some kind of you know um union of it or acceptance of it and and just kind of really embracing that part of you and healing it and shifting it to a higher form. Um, and then after you go through that, then there's there's further rituals and things to do. But overall, ceremonial magic, TLDR, is formulas that awaken higher consciousness. Okay. Yeah, I like that. So this is sort of like, it reminds me of what, um, when I first discovered Damien Eccles, well, not really when I first discovered him, but uh, when I discovered that he was a, mag- a ceremonial magician, um, he said, for all intents and purposes, it's the Western path to enlightenment. Yeah. You know, like high like magic. That. I'm like, that's just so cut and dry. It's like, this is a system for what people in the new age would call enlightenment, you know, mm-hmm. only like um, um, the Western path. Mm-hmm. So that would be crossing the abyss. Right. Like another like fancy term for it and stuff. But yeah. Okay. I like mm-hmm. that. All right. Um, what are some ways that ceremonial magic has helped you as far oh, oh. as your, uh, I don't want to say develop your worldview, but um, that has sh- helped shape your worldly experience? You know. Oh, man. <sighs> I mean, I so much, so, so, so much. Um, I mean, my worldly experience, are, are we just talking physically or are we talking, you know, all of mental, emotional, spiritual um, I would say all of it, you all know, you it. know, yeah, like pretty much okay. like, you know, like uh, you can just say whatever things yeah. that are just like um, that have been significant to you that have 
Because, I mean, a lot of us either grew up religious or we grew up in a family that's kind of atheistic. Some, a very few of us oh, grew up somewhere in between, you know. So we, we're, all, we're kind of developing this worldview from ages like, I don't know, one to like 30, basically. Mm -hmm. We're kind of this worldview that keeps shifting and changing and changing, you know. So Okay. So my worldview in that regard yeah. has evolved more towards just the acceptance of, of any and all religions. I think as long as someone's spiritual goal and religion is focused on reaching the height of creator, it is good, light, and right. You know, okay. um, and it's also kind of shifted Christianity for me a lot. You know, I used to think of it as like kind of a, oh, it's dogmatic and it's very kind of oppressive and na 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 na. But since tapping into the golden dawn, it it brings Christianity backward in a very empowering and evolutionary way that I've never even experienced before um just in that regard so it's really kind of put the power back in christianity for me um because i just think as americans uh, and people growing up in the west christianity is embedded in everything i mean i pledge allegiance to the flag and it's under god you know it's just it's in everything we do it's in the symbolism it's in our flags it's in so many yeah. different things it's embedded in our psyche so someone coming to the magical path they may not automatically resonate with hinduism or, you know, Tibetan Buddhism or something like, like one of those spiritual paths. So they may need that Christianity flair or that Hebrew flair to tap into the psyche to have it have a profound impact. So overall, it's, it's really kind of broadened my viewpoint on what is possible. Because I now know that elementals, angels, demons, gods, goddesses, all of these otherworldly beings that we hear about are absolutely real. Not just as an archetype, oh, it's all within your mind. But as an objective, external thing, they are real in this world. Okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because like uh, I, that's something I've been spending quite a bit of time with. Like uh, I would say, the past week has been um, looking into the impact that Christianity has had on like the the mass consciousness. And um, I admit, like, I have been kind of looking at it a little bit more into, like, a chaos ma magician view, <laughs> which would be looking at it as archetypes. To me, I do mm – -hmm. I, I mean, there is something very mysterious and um, an appearance of something external going on with it. You know, like, if I say, yeah, you do this ritual, there's certain feelings and experiences that come with it that do have this external kind of feel to it. But going back to the Christianity thing, I've been thinking about it because I've been working on my comic strip lately mm -hmm. you know for my blog which i will tell the listeners about that maybe later on but um yeah christianity has i've been talking to a lot about this with different people with friends of mine and kind of uh, getting conceptual with it christianity has had an impact as far as our uh morality mm. really you know what i mean like like a, an example would be relationship you know relationships so a lot of us have this idea that relationships, intimate relationships should lead to marriage, mm -hmm. may lead to children or whatever, but it should right. it should ideally oh, go to yeah. marriage. And that's a very Christian concept. Yeah. And it's not it's not a bad concept. It definitely does work for many people. You know what I mean? Has worked for many people. Um, another example might be um, like I heard these two gentlemen at the coffee shop about two weeks ago, they were talking about um, Christianity. They're, they're both Christian older men. They had a book titled uh, God is, is God a mathematician or God is a mathematician, something like that. 
And one of the men told me when I kind of chimed in in this conversation, he says, well, we all have this inherent morality in us. And actually, I didn't I didn't say this. I didn't express this. But for me, I have a before I just started getting into magic and Western magic and whatnot, I was um, very much into Buddhism, Zen Buddhism and some Tibetan stuff. You know, that's like been very Taoism, you know, and in Taoism, there is no morality. Oh. You just live spontaneously and your actions and your acts, things that you do should come with some sort of feeling to it, you know? Um, that feeling doesn't have to doesn't have to be labeled good or bad. It's just like when you, you know, you see someone fall on the ground in the streets, you help them up because you're helping that person. So that's the feeling that you get. Um, it's not necessarily labeled a action of good. You just do it and it feels mm. good to them and more than likely to you, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, again, I'm not saying that for any Christian listeners, I'm not saying that Christian morality is a bad thing, right. but um, it's something that's so deeply embedded in us that we have, we label certain things, you know, virtue in the West, you know, um, honesty, you know, marriage and things like that. We, they have a deep Christian impact. Yeah. On us, uh, you know, behind a, the a deep scenes. Christian, yeah, um, that. um, that's the wrong word. It's, it's a deep Christian definition. Right to us you know like so we, we think of like our laws that are written by the government as being like a christian kind of thing you know mm -hmm. but um, i don't know that's something i've been playing with lately is the idea that um that morality and magic itself is very gray you know mm -hmm. meaning um it depends on the magician i'm not saying that magic has a quality of being bad or destructive but um, it's sort of like um, a hammer. <laughs> yeah, it's a tool that you use to put things together. You can you can build a house with it, or you can tear down a stairway with it when you want to remodel. Like I've done both with hammers. You yeah, know what I mean, it's something kind of like that. You know, um, but in for all int intents and purposes, when we're talking about um, understanding what the ego is and crossing the abyss or ascension or whatever you want to call it, it is good to have a set. Sometimes it could be good. It could be very useful to have a set of steps to follow mm -hmm. at times, you oh, know, yeah. steps of things. And, and I think that's why in uh, old world religions, they would say, like, do not steal, do not do not do this, do not cheat, do not that, because those are just meant to be steps, not so much like dogma or anything like that. Right. I don't know. That's just my take on huh. it. Yeah, that's something to chew on. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. Hmm. I've really thought about how, how, it plays so much on the back end of things, that whole Christian thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just been like really spending a lot of time thinking about that lately though. Just um, like the past like week and a half uh, working on, working on my comic and some art and stuff. Cause it's, I've seen it myself how much it has, it's had a huge impact on me. Like the way I grew up, you know, and I grew up kind of, kind of universal actually, Oh yeah. but there was definitely that, that Christian kind of thing in the background, you know, you go to school and people are telling you about, people are telling you about the Bible, not that I didn't go to Catholic school or anything like that, right. but you know, you still Everywhere. hear about it right. from family members and stuff like that. And then when you talk about magic, it's like, Oh, it's yeah. so dark. Oh yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dark, uh, let's talk about that for a moment. Um, what do you define as, Dark magic. <laughs> dark magic. Ah, okay. Yeah, dark magic is, in my opinion, it's magic that is that is to fulfill the egoic purposes. Ah. So, 
so and 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 that's not a universal term, you know, but typically it's something malicious or it's something that is selfish or something like that, like evoking a demon to make someone love you or you know doing a doll or pop it on someone to make them do something it's he usually has a flair of ego to it and control um and he usually deals with darker entities because those are the ones that are kind of wanting to push that in the world hmm. right um i think that's dark magic yeah that's a, that's a pretty pretty much spot on with that the dark entities <laughs> sometimes i call the darker entities politicians <laughs> man have you have you ever read i'm not i don't want to get this too political but have you yeah. ever like like felt the energy of one of the politicians or of an old president oh, yeah. or oh absolutely yeah straight, man like you yeah feel, uh, yeah absolutely like, like like they feel shadow and dark and it is like some of the stuff I i'm mean, surprised by i think like regardless of uh people's beliefs and stuff you know like uh people who don't believe in like spirits or unseen things right, like right. there's definitely frequency and there's a uh, energy or, or sometimes mm -hmm. i just like to call it frequency so like yeah words are very powerful so like when i look at politicians like speaking sometimes you know um what i have like listen to the words and how the frequency feels uh -huh. like for me it just seems like bullshit half the time to be yeah. honest you know like it's just kind of you you hear like these promises <laughs> and, and and it's psychology right. it's all psychology right, because right, right. the idea I, it, it is a, it is yeah. a way of casting spells right right this is a really good trajectory we're going on here um yeah so think about it so when a politician and i'm not taking sides or anything like that am i right, right, representing right. a certain side i'm just saying across the board like just youtube any president's speech and like listen to the words and listen to the try and feel the frequency behind the words so when you hear them yeah. say things like when they're trying to solve conflicts and and, and like they may they may be um, okay so an example is when presidents often come out one of the first things that they will do is they will invite you in so they will uh open the gate by saying ladies and gentlemen so and so and you know Cambridge, Massachusetts, or wherever they're in. So they, they give you the location. They tell you who they're speaking to. It's like they open the gate. Mm. And then they kind of reel you in with certain words by giving you uh, either promises or they say things that will make you feel a certain way. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, so yeah. Um, I think that that is a very powerful form of magic. Right, I, right. I should label it. I don't know what to call it. Maybe someone else has a <laughs> name for it, but... But yeah, so these things, this the I, I do think that these things are a form of magic. It is a form oh, yeah. of spell casting. Oh, yeah. You know, when you're talking to a crowd of like, you know, ten thousand people and plus mm -hmm. the people who are watching it, they're all partaking in this sort of uh, ritual. Right. Oh yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And and if you don't if you if you don't have your your senses um open enough to be able to discern without the filter programming inside, yes, the filter that that like takes a, you know that labels it as this is my team over here yeah. I'm, not, I'm you know i'm not a part of that team then you're you're subjugated to falling for it oh yeah you know oh, yeah. so like i think like um yeah so anyway not to get political but those are spells oh yeah and oh, some yeah. of those uh symbols are sigils mm -hmm. you know yeah oh yeah yeah i mean you, you know? can look at the companies like yeah. like toyota for example you know it all yeah. has a meaning to it right and uh just to bounce off of um you know large audiences being a spell my my buddy he was in a band 
mm-hmm. uh, like one of those like uh, like screamo hardcore rock bands. Yeah, we like back in like 2012 or something. It was mm-hmm. huge. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, Sunlight Drive or okay or, or something like that. Anyways, okay. he he was he was one of the one of the band members, and uh, he would he would tell me about how like when the crowd is with him. And he can like feel it, and he like gets like a rush off of it, like an energetically, like an energetically rush. Like there's a level of power to it mm-hmm. on an energetic level. Um, and then when the when the crowd wasn't with him, like it just felt so negative. Like he didn't even want to go on. Like he didn't even want to participate in in the band or do his music. When he wasn't when he wasn't performing, he felt like that. No, or? no, sorry. When like when he was there on stage okay. and the crowd wasn't with him. Oh, oh okay, he, okay. They would not. They would not get in. They would not. Huh. He would. Oh, I see. What you're saying. Okay. Right, right. Similar thing. Backing up another time when I was with someone else and they were working. Huh. And this is when I was starting to wake up more and more. My my buddy was doing like a little, like a little Snapchat video, mm-hmm. and he was like vibing out to this to this snap to this like rap song or something. Yeah. And I could feel like this swirl of energy around him. And even though I didn't really like his music, I wanted to jump in. It was like this this attraction to whatever he was generating. And so there is something very, very, uh, very magical to that whole performance. That whole yeah, performance. Mu- music and art, like visual art and music and writing are all forms of magic in some way. I know like one of my favorite writers, Alan Moore, you know, has wrote Promethea and uh, V for Vendetta and Watchmen and all that. You know, like he's a magician. He's declared himself a really? magician. Oh, he's, really? look him up, man. He's done some podcasts over the years. Talking about uh, one of his first rituals he's done was he uh, he he evoked uh, Asmodeus oh. <laughs> without without even knowing who Asmodeus was, you know. Like I was talking about that with a buddy today, but like he said, uh, but according to Alan Moore, like magic to him is like when you change the consciousness of of the one observing the art forms, mm. you know. So he says the closest thing to a contemporary like shaman is like like a, an artist. Huh, because they're manipulating, you know, and then like a lot of these other writers have, um, myself included, you know, I've written things and stories that actually happened later on, which are beyond coincidence, yeah. you know, yeah. like just, um, so yeah, so when people are getting on, going back to the, the casting, you know, getting on um, television and manipulating the consciousness of the, the listener like oh, that, yeah. how can that not be magic? Oh, yeah. You know, like that's definitely, you know, when a politician or anybody, but especially a politician, and they get up and they're just like telling you, you know, X, Y, and Z. The idea is to affect, you know, uh, cause a change in the consciousness of the the viewers and to get them to do something. I mean, that's something that we as individuals that who experiment with these things should definitely pay attention to, you know. Um, yeah, and music is no different. You know, like you were saying with your buddy in the band. Like, I mean, I'm a I'm I'm kind of a big metalhead, man. Like I've, mm-hmm. I've gone to so many metal shows for a long time, and you know, like there's times I've I've uh, witnessed the bands on stage, and and they're they're just into it. I'm just I, and and it just uh, yeah. and it affects me a certain way, and I'm like, yeah, you know, right, like, right, right. <laughs> you know, just kind of like, yeah, it, it gets it seeps into your subconsciousness, you know, that part of you that's not that you're not really aware of all the time, you know, right. and it just causes some kind of yeah change i don't know how to explain it you know exactly exactly yeah i was listening to um uh yesterday the prog band from england you know legendary band and they have a song called close to the edge and that song is like amazing it's like one of my favorite songs of all time and they have this uh part of the songs they're like get up get down get up get down and just it just sounds very magical to me 
Mm. You know, I don't, I don't know, I don't even know how yeah. to explain it, but close to the edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, when you write things, when you create things, you are causing change right. in the the viewer or the listener or the reader. You know, so in a way, those are like like my fantasy novel I was sharing with you earlier. You know that that's mm -hmm. I've had dreams about those things that right. I've written about or anyway <laughs> yeah yeah i wanted i wanted to kind of hop into um the the kind of the aim of most magicians nowadays like the whole you mentioned there's a whole focus on just the low magic part of things in the in yeah. the occult yeah, community yeah, yeah. i wanted to talk, I'm talk about that it. yeah and hop into the the lbrp i wanted to talk about that some more yeah because i feel like that the lbrp is just so profound um but if you, if you type in on youtube you know youtube lbrp you just see, oh, LBRP, protection ritual, calling the archangels to protect yourself. Yeah. It's like, no, no, they're missing the whole point of it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Like, just starting out with the LBRP, it's just such, like, it just totally smooths out mental kinks in the system, mental, emotional, especially. Like, I remember I used to have, like, a little, like, like a mental tick. Like, I would think of something, and then my thoughts would just keep going on about this. Like, just something's like, absurd or something stupid right and i just remember after doing the lbrp with intention to rid myself of that specific thing i just now it's no longer in my consciousness i never think of it unless i consciously choose to so it's just such a powerful ritual to get more control over your mind and how you feel and just overall it's like i'm very empathic right? i wouldn't say i'm an empath yeah. but I, I i do have that that clear feeling or you know, I'm able to pick up on other people's energetics on that way, um, and the LBRP is is strengthening my aura in such a way, or it's almost a choice of whether or not I want to pick up on that emotion. You know, I mean, it varies per situation, but I just remember years back I was doing customer service or whatever. I just started the LBRP and I didn't, didn't wasn't really doing it that long, and I could feel I could feel this person and they wanted me to feel bad they wanted me to feel bad for whatever i was telling them right it was stupid anyways i could feel that energy coming from them like they weren't happy and they wanted me to know it and they wanted me to feel it like it was like just this dark vibe i got from them and then knowing and then i felt this energy coming towards me i was like oh that's disgusting right that's gross i don't want that in my auric field but i felt another part of me the deeper part of me was like okay and I took it in and I felt this like, like this like cord attached to me. I was like, oh, that was gross. I had to clear myself of it. So there was this subconscious thing within me that was that was opening myself up to it. But since doing the LBRP, I've come across a similar situation now. And and it's almost a choice. Like it, the energy, again, same situation. Except this one, I felt it come to my aura. And then I consciously chose. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want that energy in me. And then it, And then it went away. You know, so it's just, it's like this, it's an interesting shift and a deeper control over your own energetics um, and just an overall awakening, a really, truly an awakening, just because I feel like our whole consciousness is involved in the material plane, right? We just think of ourselves as us and them and this and that, but when you do the LBRP continuously, it frees your mind from that whole matrix construct, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, from that whole... 3d thinking you know it makes you think a little broader yeah yeah it's, it's good that you mentioned that though um for anybody who does not know what the lbrp it's the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram but um 
Yeah, it's a very misunderstood ritual. I think mm -hmm. it's it's been it's it's what probably one of the most famous of uh, Golden Dawn or Hermetic rituals out there. But um, yeah, very misunderstood. I mean, I've heard people actually say that the LBRP is a way to just only banish their their physical space before they do a ritual oh. or before they do meditation. Like it's, I mean, it's that misunderstood. Oh. Oh. You know, like uh, yeah, so like sage. Like all is yeah, no. yeah. I've heard of, I've heard people say that, and I can kind of understand because the uh, the words that we use when you say banishing, you know, or lesser banishing. Some people tend to think, okay, well, I'm just making a magic circle or something that's just going to kind of clear my space, and it's nothing. There's a lot more to it than that. Yes, and then yes. as you practice it over a period of time, it like changes. Like the, that's what I've noticed for myself over some years of doing it. It's like it's it's been different the second year as it has been the first year and the third year as it been the second, you know, just kind of, it's a little bit different than, you know, the previous years. And then when you add on other rituals to it out, it actually takes on mm -hmm. another life, you know, but definitely, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I've just been recently really tapping into, uh, I don't know how familiar the audience is with the whole golden Dawn thing. Um, maybe now you can go ahead and describe. Okay. Them. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so you do, so there's different symbols and names. So that's the core of the whole hermetic magic is that through symbols and names are, are all powers awakened and reawakened, right? So each symbol has a different name that corresponds to it that really taps into and awakens that power. Like, uh, let's just back up. I, a lot of people know about the chakra system. You, you have, you know, everyone has heard the OM, right? That OM resonates with an energy center between the brow, right? And when you're doing the OM, you visualize a certain symbol, you visualize a color, a shape, and then it, and then, and then there's a tone right. into it. Yeah. Same thing with a golden dawn. This is a universal principle, right? Um, with a golden dawn, there are certain rituals you do, such as you can banish or release yourself from planetary influences of a specific kind mm -hmm. or on a so yeah, I'm talking about releasing yourself of a specific planetary influence, or you can do it on a more broad level. So let's say you want to kind of, you feel very aggressive all the time, all the time. You're just an angry, angry, angry person. You can do a specific banishing of Mars, right? Within great intention. And that will help to lessen that influence that the planet has on your psyche, right? Now, if you want to do all the planets you want to lessen the negative impact of all the planets you would do a more broad outer planet such as saturn specifically saturn is kind of like the archetype of the constrictor holding things in alignment it's not an evil or awful planet i think it's a necessary type deal it kind of keeps everything in, in order right so anywho when you when you banish uh, Saturn, you're not only banishing Saturn, you're also lessening the negative influence of the other planets that have on you on a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, soulful level, and also on an astrological level. So you're refining your auric field. Our aura is also known as a mirror of the universe. There are every single astrological sign and planet reflected in the aura. Anyway, so hopping in back into the Saturn banishing ritual, what you're doing is you're drawing a specific symbol and vibrating specific names over and over again, day after day after day after day. And after a time and after you've gained a level of mastery over this ritual, profound things begin to happen. 
I'm talking on all levels again. The the physical ones are the ones that are most exciting when they do happen. In my, in my opinion, you know, it's just so joyous. Like, for example, I was doing this ritual over again, and I was doing the greater banishing of Saturn. And I drew my pentagram. I'm sorry. I drew my symbol, my unicrystal hexagram. I did the right names. I did the symbols. I stuck my hands through the symbol. I vibrated and toned the name. And it, when I was toning it, my mind became so clear. And then the wall in front of me began to like, like shake, not just from my voice, but from the energy and the power behind that symbol and name. And another time I was doing it. This was a few days. This is maybe a few weeks ago from, from now. I was doing it again. I was doing it right in front of my mirror. Again, I got really into it, really visualizing it, feeling it. And as I did that last toning of the, of the sacred name, I the mirror that it was in front of me shifted. It was almost like I stepped into the mirror for a moment, and then it came back to where I was. It was, it was incredible. It was like the room like literally twisted for a moment. I don't mean in my mind's eye or I visualized it. I mean actually physically twisted itself. It was like this, this shifting of my consciousness on, again, all levels. Um, and that's why I'm absolutely so thrilled about ceremonial magic and the high magic is because it's so absolutely profound in its implications and what it can do for someone. I mean, even just on a physical level, backing up to the banishing ritual of the pentagram or the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, the LVRP, you are banishing earth, which is the culmination of fire, earth, air, and water. And, and you're basically puring, purifying yourself on all of these levels and all of these different dimensions and also on a very physical level, are you purifying yourself? I once had a job a while back, and it was a really good job. Again, mm -hmm. kind of that whole customer service industry. And uh, the, the office I was in, good people, good job, good pay. The office I was in felt a little, little, luck, little uh, yuck, yucky. You know, the energy was kind of stagnant, a little gray. It was people frustrated, a little upset. So like, all right. So I just did a quick cobblestone cross where you bring in light. And then I did a banishing ritual of the pentagram. Uh, I didn't do it physically. I wasn't standing at my desk, waving my arms around. Of course not. I was doing it etherically, so energetically through visualization. Mm -hmm. And right as I did that last pentagram, the last part of the ritual, my boss walked by. He's like, hey, I need to see you in my office. And there's two reasons why your boss wants to see you in the office. One is yeah. to give you a raise, or two is to let you go. Right. Yeah, and so I already knew through the tarot that this was coming. And and I was like, oh, shoot. Okay, well, this is it. I, I feel this is it. And so sure as shit, he led me into his office. He sat me down. I was like, hey, we got to let you go. There's budget cuts, blah, 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 blah. But again, it was right when I did that last Spanishing Earth pentagram, which is so significant. Because not only does the LBRP bring balance to your psyche, it also brings balance to your external world. I mean, the two are the refle are reflections. And uh, that's a whole deep topic that we'd have to branch off into. But anywho, it, it again, it removes things from your from your physical journey that are not for your divine purpose. Yeah, yeah, that's a good explanation. Sure. Yeah. So um, and and it clears uh, it's like a temporary from what I understand, a temporary banishment of uh, elemental influences. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So so within ceremonial magic, you have uh, elemental influences and then like planetary celestial influences which are like the more intermediate to like advanced uh layer but let's talk about some practical magic because i think that's like 
what most people that get into magic yeah. tend to want to okay. understand or like they want to like uh manifest something in that. <laughs> and, and we're we're in an age right now to where um like the law of attraction is quite oh, popular yeah. oh yeah or uh mindfulness focusing on your mind your intentions you know that's been around for i would say like that it's been big pretty much the last like 10 to 15 years per se you know like it's kind of came back around so a lot of people were like um interested in that but i know in ceremonial magic it's like like i call it high magic or like a magic mm. for ascension or for enlightenment right um i know within the golden dawn itself as a system it's not so much like uh if you read the grimoires they're not like how to manifest a car for you ah I mean, if I remember correctly, I believe like Israel Regardi, one of the uh, most famous um, Western occultists, um, member of the Golden Dawn, like a master of the temple, member of the Golden Dawn himself, uh, said something. I'm only paraphrasing. I could be wrong with the way he said it, but something like magic should not be used for earthly possessions or something like that. However, Anyone who's been in need, who's been hungry, who's had trouble paying bills understands that the yeah. need for sometimes for yeah. like material oh, yeah. things, you know. So let's talk about, um, yeah, so anyway, um, you don't have to tell the the listeners exactly how you do it, but like what, right. are, what are some like uh, kind of approaches that you like to take on, okay. on that? So the, the first thing I, I do when it comes to that kind of practical, low magic manifestation yeah. Is is you need to really master the magician's voice. So the magician's voice is the technique where you are speaking, but when you are speaking, you are visualizing and feeling that your words are going to the ends of the universe, mm-hmm. and it has a profound effect. Even for those who are non-magical, they can still get the general vibe of your words. They'll feel a level of authority or power to it. So just for fun, for fun's sake. I was, uh, I was on my lunch break at work one time, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to call in any allies or, or spirits. I'm just going to do me. I'm just going to do me. I was wearing a you know a medicine bag full of crystals. You know, I was like, okay, let's put aside all of that, and I'm just going to use my only my words to manifest free Chipotle, okay? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I know it's funny, but hey, it's a good example. <laughs> So I, so I, Chipotle's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah, I was hungry. It was lunchtime. Anyway, so I was like, all right. So I, I just said a very simple intention. I said, I will get free Chipotle here now. So, mode it be, with a magician's voice, I had absolute sureness in my in my whole being, right? And then I forgot about it. I forgot I even said it. I totally let it go, and I drove over to Chipotle. And again, I completely forgot that I did this. And so I walk into Chipotle, I order my, you know, my bowl with guac and chicken, mm, yum. And I get to the register and the lady in front of me uh, is talking to the cashier. The cashier's like, I don't know what to do. My, my register's down. I don't want to waste your food. I'll just give it to you free. Just go. Just take it for free. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then so I go I go up next and I hand her my card. And she's like, oh, my, my register's down. I, I can't I can't take your payment right now. I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, well, I don't I don't know. She was like kind of stammering, didn't really know what to do. It's a very awkward situation for her. And she's like, okay, just take it for free. And then and then I was like, oh, okay, cool. All right, that's awesome, right? This so it happened in the same day. Same day, same day, right? Same, it's pretty fast. Ten minutes after. Ten minutes <laughs> after. Yep. Well, and so I sat down at my table and I was like, oh, oh, I set an intention for this. Oh, oh, now I and then it clicked. 
So that's the first thing when it comes to the practical general magic is having absolute assurance of what you are wanting to manifest. It's like if I said, hey, Full Metal Magus, can you please open that door? You don't, you don't doubt that you can open the door. It's as simple as standing up and pulling yeah. it open. That's the same energy you want to carry when you're trying to manifest is that absolute assurance. It's like not even a thought of yours. You don't even doubt you could, right? Could you open the door? Absolutely, right? Same thing with could I manifest Chipotle? Absolutely. It's a silly example, but it, it applies to other areas. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's silly. I think like um, it's what it does for me, like hearing this story is it just kind of confirms like the power of the voice oh, yeah. and the mind. Going back to what we we're talking about earlier with the politicians, like speaking out and saying like the the spoken right, word, right, you know, right. the uh, analysis of the, of the the analysis of the key word from the politicians, but it can work for anybody that has a um, that backs up their voice with some power and some intention. You know, um, I've had some similar things happen, but yeah. when I was drawing, oh, yeah. So I think Grant Morrison, he's another comic book writer, calls it super sigils. Oh when yeah, you, yeah, when you yeah, do yeah. Art like that, and then things start happening. And yeah. I've had it happen many times to where I didn't even mean for it to happen. But when you're in, when, like for at least for me, when I'm creating something and I'm really, really into what I'm creating, right. to where the point to where I'm drawing or writing and I get goosebumps when I'm doing it. I find that it something yeah. can happen right from it. You know, yeah. I'm a little bit more aware of that now, and try be I'm trying to be more careful. About, <laughs> yes, about definitely. That, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about like candle magic or or what? Because you're talking about practical magic manifestation. Um, and it's you know not necessarily candle magic. To be quite honest, like <laughs> kind of, I'm sort of like uh, my personal approach is um, I I love um, ceremonial magic because of my earlier years of practicing like Buddhism and Taoism and mm -hmm. things like that, you know? Um, but for, I guess for low magic or practical magic, I have kind of like a more of a chaos approach to right. it. You know, it's, it's really just very, very experimental, not, not eclectic. Um, I don't want to say eclectic, but experimental. So um, just mm -hmm. using different things like super sigils and tarot mm -hmm. a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't tend. I don't really use the tarot for uh, as a divinatory tool personally. I, oh. I'm more. Uh, I use it more for as a part of my low magic process, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, because uh, I think I think it's that artsy, artistic mind that I yeah. have. So I love the pictures and the images and what they stand for Symbol, and symbols flashing. and things like that. So yeah, yeah. But I think like practical magic is probably I would say within like today's ethos for magic it's got to be the more popular oh yeah approach it's all about like getting more what, what we want becoming more what we want to be mm -hmm. stuff like that not so much like uh magical fraternity fraternities where which is more like let's let's cross the bridge to enlightenment right 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 you know things like that i think people now are really i mean there's there are people who are who are, who are into that for sure yeah and i'm definitely one of them and but there are there are other ones i know a lot of people you as well that are into that sort of like transformation alchemical process oh, exactly. <clears throat> but um yeah low magic is very popular though oh, yeah. very different forms i think right now um at least what i'm observing is okay law of attraction is very popular right and within the uh magic scene i would say path working is very popular 
And yeah. Of course, like, oh, yeah. sigil magic is very, and like uh, things with like herbs and correspondences oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially the crystals. The crystals are blowing up. Yeah, crystals are very popular. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. I mean, if you F, <laughs> I work at a crystal shop, right? Yes. And um, ever since TikTok has been talking about Moldavite. I have all these all these young teens. Wait, I have, wait. TikTok's talking about Moldavite? Yeah, really? they're talking about Moldavite. And so all these young teens who are very ungrounded, very spacey, they're coming in. Do you guys have Moldavite? Now, keep in mind, Moldavite, the si- a quarter size of Moldavite is probably like $80, 80 to $100 for a quarter size. Really? And these young teens are like, do you guys have Moldavite? You don't need Moldavite, honey. Get some hematite, you know? But backing up to the whole law of attraction and crystals, is that the manifestation with crystals is so easy and it's so fast that people doubt crystals' power. This one time, for example, I, I just bought this new, uh, I think it was a script stone from Jerusalem. It was a very nice piece. I mean, I didn't get it from Jerusalem directly, of course. I brought it from the shop. And, um, and I was reading up on it, and one of the things it does is it helps you overcome great challenges and obstacles. So me being the young magician I was, I was like, oh, well, why don't I just give the, the intention and the magic to help me overcome great obstacles and challenges? <laughs> and then I stuck that right in my medicine bag, my pouch of crystals. And oh, my God, I just kept getting lesson after lesson after lesson. I kept making mistakes, messing this up, messing that up, bumping this over, having that break, getting this scolding, me uh. misspeaking. Just all of these things started happening within the time span of an hour. And I was just feeling like defeated, man. Like I was just like, holy moly, this is not fun. And I took someone else pointing out, hey, what are you wearing? And I was like, oh, I'm wearing this crystal. She's like, oh, she's like, okay, what job did you give it? I'm like, oh, I gave it the job to overcome obstacles. That's what's wrong. And then I saged it, you know, re-jobbed it, cleansed it, and then sure shit. In the next few minutes, everything's smooth. Everything's groovy Moldavite. again. You know, it's I'm like a I would be considered like an old timer because I've been in this, this stuff a long time. But I, I I'm, I'm I'm really messy with certain crystals. Like I, don't, I can't I, like I'm wearing this dragon. Nobody can see it right now, but I'm wearing a black obsidian pendant that has a dragon engraved on it. But like I I got it because it's a dragon <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and i'm like oh well it is obsidian black obsidian it looks really cool but i got it for the symbolism of it though but right. uh, what 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 the hell is moldavite like oh, I, i've heard of it okay. what is it yeah, what yeah, color yeah. is it purple moldavite is um yeah. ah man i think it's it, it's from a oh, i don't know too it's much from, it's from uh, it's Brazil, from like a think, right what is it, that meteorite? It's from a oh, it's a meteorite. Fell, yeah, it fell from the okay. sky, crash. Okay, it's like this kind of rough, glassy mm-hmm. gem. Um, it's incredibly expensive. It's only in like Czechoslovakia, places like that. Um, very finite amount of it left. But all everyone on TikTok is saying how it it rapidly transforms your life, and all these terrible things have happened to them after wearing Moldavite, and then it comes out better for them. That's what everyone is wanting when those young young people are coming to the shop they want that absolute destruction of their life and then a rebirth and a renewing and on the right path um whenever they come in i'm like there, there are other crystals that do that mm-hmm. you just have to give them the intention right and i, I myself wore moldavite for a month i didn't have that catastrophic destruction happen it's because i gave the specific intention you know yeah that's interesting yeah because like I've, I've always i'm more into um 
metals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, love, I, I, I like metals, man. Right. I like gold. I like silver. Um, I like bronze. I like pewter. I like uh, planetary. I like planetary kind of metals yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that Mer- mercury. Oh yeah. Um, things like that. I mean, I do like. I mean, I have crystals kind of like tucked away around the studio slash home right now. <laughs> Like I have some above my head, actually. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So TikTok and crystals. Yeah. Moldavite, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Behind. I don't even know. It's what blowing the... up. It's blowing up. Really? Like, did people like make dance videos and TikTok of it or something? <laughs> yeah. How they even do? I haven't. I haven't really watched most of them, but I mean, like one day I had like literally four people come into the shop, all of them wanting Moldavite. Um, and man, I, I just think they hype it up and they tell people. Hey, if you wear the stone, this is what's going to happen for you. But it never really works out like that. It, it's always depending on your karma, your intention, your auric field, how you interact with it. So many different things. So, yeah, TikTok is hyping up Moldavite to be – Fuck. Moldavite is, a, is a, <laughs> uh, an amazing stone. Don't get me wrong. But it just just using it when you're not ready for it is just not wise. You know, it would be like like someone – wanting to open up their crown chakra right now and they haven't even done meditation yet you know little do i know about this but it's okay the TikTokers. <laughs> well i i don't even know much about moldavite i mean i've heard the name yeah many many times but i don't i, I never really made connections to it um maybe because i mean i'm open to learning about crystals and stuff for sure but i tend to like metals a lot but i do like certain other things like shiva lingams and Things that have like a symbolism to them, yeah. you know, like obviously yeah. the dragon I'm wearing right now, you know, like I like dragons. Um, but that's just a personal thing with me. Right, right. Swords I like, obviously. <laughs> Swords are made of metal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. And practical magic and stuff. So crystals, um, super sigils, like uh mind magic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I think spirits and entities are coming back around a little bit too. Oh yeah, you know, like grimoires are very popular right now. There's all yeah. kinds of like uh, magicians that I've seen. Like, uh, have you heard of the Gallery of Magic? Oh, I don't believe so. They are a collection of mysterious magicians. I think from the UK or England or somewhere. But um, they write many different books. I have a couple of their books actually. I have uh, one book on chaos magic, which is I like it. Some people don't like it, you know. I I, I mentioned I I try not to do a lot of talking on forums, you know, because um, when you talk about magic on forums, you're subject to the person's opinion, the other person's opinion, and stuff, you know. And some stuff I keep kind of private, but I'll talk a little bit about it. I'll be kind of vague sometimes, but I usually uh, when I was going on forums, I was going on there just to kind of like read, like maybe get ideas for books because I like to read about magic, you know. And uh, I mentioned I have a book from Adam Blackthorn called uh, Chaos Magic. And someone was like, oh, that's, that book is shit, man. Don't even get that. <laughs> this guy was just like bashing it, you know, like it was like the worst book ever. And I'm like, you haven't even freaking read it. You haven't even read the book, man. I think it's like 96 pages. It's like really, you can yeah, read it like a day. Yeah. But um, somewhere in the book, it, he references um, spirits, which you don't really hear about. That, or at least I haven't really heard about in chaos magic circles too Whoa, much really yeah like he talks about invoking um the 12 olympian spirits which oh, were just yeah. yeah and i just liked his approach i thought it was a pretty cool yeah that's really cool approach i won't give it away because buy the book if you're interested in it but it's a pretty cool straightforward approach to it 
And yeah, you know, anyway, so I don't want, I haven't gone on any, any forums since that, <laughs> since that yeah. exchange of dialogue, you know, <laughs> just kind of yeah. like, I mean, it ended up being positive because I made a couple of buddies off of, off of that post, right? you know, which, which were into ceremonial slash chaos magic and stuff. But anyway, I don't know. I just thought that, that it was a cool approach to, pra to practical magic, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, spirits are very kind of coming around in popularity yeah, right now. Yeah, definitely. I think. Have you noticed anything like that? Yeah, a lot of people are into the whole um, guides thing, like calling in their guides, their spirit guides. Yeah. Um, and that's that's quite significant, you know, because the guides are are very real beings, um, and they are. I mean, if you're calling in the right ones, they're they're leading you to why you came here, and they're helping you on that journey. And people underestimate spirit guides. Spirit guides aren't just you know dead grandma. You know, they're, they're uh, that's what people see them. They're also otherworldly beings and and higher beings on different planes and all those things. So I know I know that whole kind of social media thing is really talking about oh your spirit guides this your spirit guides that, and I, I say that's quite beneficial. You know, quite beneficial. Um, just because my own personal experience when I've done magic and I've called in my spirit guides, th they have quite a significant amount of power of, of the good. You know, and I don't really rely on on external entities in that way. You know, I have my guys. I got my peeps with me, you know. My um, external entities, are you referring to spirits of Goetia? I was. I was. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if you were going to catch that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of people. Like King Pyman? <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> I don't really work with those that kind of vibe anymore, you know. Dude, this this goetic spirits are metal, man. I mean, they're like the most metal of spirits <laughs> you can like ever. I haven't to be honest, I haven't I haven't invoked any of them, um, at least intentionally. But I, I am an artist, so maybe passively. I don't know. <laughs> man. I don't know, man. People have so many different opinions on the on the I, goetic. They they do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, some people see them, don't even see them as demons. They see them as da daemons. They see them yeah. as uh, intelligences, which they are intelligences. The elder gods. The elder gods, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, they are astrological forces. Um, but I, I, I've always seen seen and felt them to be quite manipulative in their practices. You really? know? Oh, yeah. All, oh, yeah. all of them? All 72 of them? Pretty much all. Yeah. Pretty much all. <laughs> I mean, some of them are like very dark gray. Yeah. And if you do it right, if you do it in a ceremonial way, it can be very alchemical, incredibly alchemical. But if you just do it in like a loosey-goosey, oh, let's just get a sigil and start chanting, you're usually not going <laughs> to get a lot of very good. Who, who, was the, who was the old school occultist I heard recently from a, a friend of mine, um, a buddy who's – I hope he's listening to this at some point. Um, Poke Runyon. Yeah, so this guy named Poke Runyon. Dude. Have you heard of Poker Onion? No. Oh man, he's like an old school occultist. So my buddy sent me this sent me this video, and he, it's all about Solomonic magic. It's from like right. the early '90s. It has like synthesizer Ooh. music. It's it's pretty sweet. And he, and there's a part of it. It's like a two hour video, and I watched the whole thing. Yeah. And there's a part of the video where he goes over the history of the Goetic spirits right. and the Lesser Key and Greater Key of Solomon, and he's talking about the mirror and um, just all the different tools that, right, that you need. Right. And it's pretty cool how he's coming. How he's oh, how he's yeah. I was oh, yeah. talking about it, but the part about the Goetia, he goes, um, he says that they were the old Babylonian gods. They were. 
Right. And he says, um, but when you get ready to invoke them, he says something like the camera's like close to his face. And he's like, this is not a party game for those. This is only for the serious magicians or something kind of like right, that. Right, and I thought right. that was pretty That's, cool. You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> this is not for like shits and giggles. No, in other words, very not. serious stuff. Um, my understanding of them uh, can be for if a person is ready like uh, I, I like Damian Eccles' approach to yeah. shout oh, out yeah. to Damian Eccles, man. The guy's got a lot, a lot of good wisdom here. Um, he says that uh, um, it, the magician should completely master angelic magic. Oh yeah, one should uh, completely master and know how to do the uh, angelic invocations right. and, and those different rituals before they even attempt to do the oh, Goetia, yeah, because uh, the Goetia is a very advanced form of theurgy and if you think about it solomon it was one of if not the greatest magician to oh, have yeah. ever lived and that's like and even solomon i don't remember remember which demon or daemon tricked them one of the i don't know if it's Vasago, but one of them tricked them and be, and began construction on his temple and then he later subdued the demon and then completed the temple and i usually look at that as pretty much as some like symbolic you know, the, like mm. for me, building a temple yeah. would be like building your yourself spiritually right, or right. something, you know. And then you, the the demon in you, overtook something. Maybe the ego overcame you for a while, and you have to overcome it to complete the temple. Right. Like that's how I kind of interpret it. You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if if done in the right way, the the Goetia is not inherently evil. It can be quite constructive and healing. Like, right. let's just say someone has an ongoing issue mental emotional psychological even physical and they just can't pinpoint whatever it is yeah. what you can do is through the proper ceremonies of light you can bind a specific demon that correlates to your ailment and you can get control over that ailment in a very real way so there is a lot of um true alchemy and and growth that can come from it but based on what I've seen and, and just the the more novice side of things and the beginner side of things is people just kind of wanting to see if it works. And let's just draw a sigil and let's let's do this and let's have fun. And then and then some things start spiraling out of control and they're like, oh, oh, well, well, maybe this is real. You know, this is not a party game. This is not a party game. Zoom in. <laughs> you know, I think I saw that old video. That video is pretty I think awesome. I saw that. I'll have to send it to you. Like, if you, if you, yeah, if you yeah, yeah. Because I've watched it like one and a half. One, I've watched it like one and a half times now. And it's, it's pretty dope. Is he, is he like how like a really old time voice? Like, I conjure and evoke thee to come. Kind of. I mean, him or he, someone else? it's probably someone else, but okay. he has a, a, a like a narrator voice. Yeah, and it has this really cool synthesizer kind oh, of really? music to it, and, it, and but like it's serious and it's good information. Oh, it yeah, it's good information because um, when you talk about the Lesser Key of Solomon, you're going to get a plethora of, oh, yeah. of opinions. Uh, you know, some people say get this translation and do this, do this that way, or some people just say stay away from it, do not ever go near it. It is bad, you know. Um, and in my view, it's it's just advanced magic, you know. But anyway, right, man, this has been a great talk, man. So yeah. let's 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 kind of wrap it up here a little bit. When you have any closing words, something like that. Pretty much as long as you as long as you just stay centered, stay in the heart space, follow the light. I mean, things work out. Everything just kind of clicks into place for you. 
you know, it's only when you branch off out of that that things don't go so great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, just uh, stay true to you, um, whatever that may be. But at the same time, you know, use discernment. Use uh, be very careful with what you want to do magically. If you are interested in magic or if you just enjoyed listening to us talk, but um, I had a lot. I had a great time. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, really. Yeah, I want to have you back in the Definitely. future. But um, yeah. Anyway, this is Roger. But yeah, anyway, um, it's been a great talk. This is Roger Z, a.k.a. Full Metal Magus. And, uh, Theo Saw 10 or C Thunder. You can check out my YouTube channel. It's Theo Saw 10. T-H-E-O-S-O-L-A-T-E-N. Check out his channel, everybody. And I'm going to do another video in the future um, with a chaos magician in the near future. But um, yes, stay tuned and we'll see you in the future. The Far Side of Midnight. We're out.